Welcome, everybody, to a new episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie, try to figure out what other movies inspired it. And today on the show, we got a new co-host, Brian Garth from the band Black Camaro. And I've been looking forward to having him on the show for a while now, so I'm glad we got to uh, do this. And before we get into that movie, I'm just going to really quickly uh, remind you all, make sure you are subscribed to Piecing It Together. You can subscribe on iTunes, on Pocket Casts, on TuneIn Radio, anywhere that uh, podcasts are available. And uh, make sure you rate us, review us, leave us some feedback, follow us on social media. Do all that stuff. Uh, I'm going to make this a quick intro this week because we got a long conversation to get into. We had a lot to talk about with today's movie, which is Mission Impossible Fallout. This is the first time this uh, series, which is now on the sixth entry, has had a return writer and director in Christopher McQuarrie uh, completing the story that he started with the last one, Rogue Nation. And... This movie has Tom Cruise just doing all kinds of crazy stuff. I don't really need to tell you what Mission Impossible is. I'd imagine most of you know what this series has been for all these years, what it has been in the most recent uh, entries with Tom Cruise doing all kinds of insane stunts. If you don't know what Mission Impossible is, you should just stop this podcast right now and go watch all of them because it's probably one of the best series going right now and this new one is no different and it was a great conversation so let's jump into it all right so we are here actually at a a different studio today we're here with first time guest on the show bg from black camaro how you doing buddy i'm good how are you dave oh, i'm good man. great <laughs> last time i was here i was on uh your podcast our scare quote he's doing podcast <laughs> he's doing those air quotes right there yeah. air quote scare <laughs> air quotes they were scary <laughs> podcast yeah it was it was a podcast i mean really when you get down to it's it it's more like a podcast that's true but that's beside the point yeah that's what i that's what i've heard um but yeah we're here today um we're going to be talking about mission impossible fallout which we actually just went and saw together it was a fun time huh and then we both saw it separately that's true again yeah this is only the third movie this year i've seen twice in the theater this is the first movie since the last jedi that i saw twice in the theater all right and i wanted to see the last jedi twice in the theater but i never got back i usually don't see movies twice i do you know what i saw twice hmm. before that and before any probably star wars movie maybe even saw rogue one twice but gravity i saw gravity twice i saw gravity twice too. i wanted to feel that yeah again i took gina back to see it the second time um yeah, Gravity's pretty sweet. It was good. I like again. Gravity. Yeah. I haven't I haven't dared to see it on TV or on a I know that Blu-ray would that would kind of change the whole the scope of it and everything. Mm-hmm. But uh yeah, we're talking about Mission Impossible Fallout today. Um today's uh a little bit different cuz we are going to start the show off with a, a little bit of a predetermined puzzle piece. Um I guess we're just going to jump right in though um because that puzzle piece is actually all five of the previous Mission Impossibles. This one, in a lot of ways, it feels like kind of uh, a greatest hits, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean it in a very good way. Um, 
lots of little bits and pieces from the other movies. And it was that that was one of those things that I don't know. I don't always talking movies, talk during movies, but sure. there's some people I feel like I could just like lean over and be like, blah, 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 blah. You know? <laughs> oh, that's because of, oh yeah. Remember in the fourth one, the fucking, yeah. And, and, and I think that, I don't know, that might've been one or two of the comments I made while watching it Yeah, was, oh, that's just like in the first one or whatever. Yeah. And, and, um, I started noticing things too, you know, like callbacks. Yeah. As well as maybe homage without necessarily, I mean, I, g- I guess homage would be a callback. It's sure. just another word for a callback. But some of the callbacks were on the nose, whereas some of them were just kind of. Right. Oh, that's, <laughs> you know, I mean, getting right into it. Uh, White Widow. Okay. The, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the broker. If yeah. You yeah. Will. Um, blonde, uh, played by Vanessa kirby i believe her name is yeah, my first kirby. time ever seeing her in anything but um apparently she's been in stuff that is of note but she was a ve- she portrayed a similar character we do spoilers on this show right oh yeah absolutely she she portrayed uh, a very similar character to vanessa redgrave's max from the very first mission impossible and then and that's kind of i mean your introduction to her is in a nightclub and she's talking right. about my mother max and and i don't know i i didn't realize it maybe until the second viewing but they they show you know a shot of tom cruise is kind of eyes light up for a second when he it almost like hits him when it right the, i guess the director wants it to hit you you're right. right that oh this it, is it definitely hit him before it hit me because i didn't know until you told me yes. <laughs> right. So right. i forgot all about sure max. sure and and um <laughs> I was, well, because my first viewing, I was wondering the entire time, like, why do they keep, like, she always has, like, a little wink in her eye. Like, yeah. there's some sort of wink, and I couldn't tell what it was. Like, is she somebody from another movie that that we should be remembering? Like, right. was she in Mission Impossible 3 or something? Uh, but, uh, she, no, she's not. She's just playing the daughter of a similar character in the first movie. Right. So that was cool. Like it kind of linked the first one to this one, yeah, via a similar plot device, a uh, uh, anonymous courier, sure, right, or a pseudonymous courier, well, rather. The way that it tied back to that with, with the first one uh, adds to something I think we'll probably talk about a little bit as we're continuing through. But how this one kind of feels almost like I hope they do more, but it almost feels like an end to the series in a way. Like it's like they tie up so much, you know. The only thing they didn't really is uh, Jeremy Renner. Poor Jeremy Renner is off somewhere, not being in an Avenger. Yeah, well, I I actually haven't seen that Avengers movie. So oh, you haven't seen it yet? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. If I'm being honest, yeah. And I love these movies. I love the Mission Impossible series. I totally forgot he was in it. Yeah, <laughs> I told I forgot he was in it until I uh, actually I forgot he was in it. If I'm b- being completely forward until you were like, oh, I read or I heard Jeremy Jeremy Renner uh, <laughs> yeah. said something. It was like either that or Avengers. And he was waiting for Avengers. And then, yeah, he didn't get it. I was like, oh, yeah, what a shitty story. I was like, oh, yeah, that's <laughs> right. He was supposed he was in it, wasn't he? Yeah. And I didn't realize he was in fucking two of them. Right, right. Was yeah. in two of them. Like, yeah. wait a minute. Going back to Ghost Protocol, which actually he had a little bit more of a role in than in right. the fifth one. Yeah. Which he has almost zero role in, right? Like, Supposedly they wrote four with the intention of passing the series off to him. And then they just ended up changing their mind on it, like right before they started shooting. And they 
like totally rewrote his character. Good. Yeah. Because <laughs> we don't need Jeremy. Because five and six were great with Tom Cruise in the lead. Yeah. I mean, if we were to rank them, though, I would say. Actually, I don't. I don't necessarily rank them on their entire film as a whole. Right. But more like what crazy which of the crazy stunts did right. i was like the most impactful to me and on the rewatch i would say the fourth one had the most impact on me yeah uh not considering part six right if i'm right. considering one through five the fourth one where he jumps into the um archive underwater and it's that giant pool that looks like a funnel <laughs> You know, and he just jumps into it, and then he's he's got to breathe for three minutes underwater. Something about that whole thing, even though maybe stunt, I guess I should say sequence. Right, right. Right, he doesn't want to necessarily call that a stunt. I'm sure he's underwater, but none of that other shit is going on down there. You know, there's not a big arm swinging at his head, right? <laughs> uh, but I thought that stunt was great, so I would rate that like my second favorite movie as far as the big stunt. Okay. Right? Um, also... I don't know. I guess three gets a lot of shit. I don't know why. Because Philip Seymour Hoffman's in it, and he doesn't really do all that much. Yeah, he's well, not so great in it that you're like, Man, I was that um, sucked. I was like watching a little uh, catch up. I ended up going back after we uh, we saw Fallout. I went back. I watched number one and number four, uh, Ghost Protocol. But um, before that, I had watched like a little recap of all the Mission Impossible movies. I don't remember a single thing that happened in three, <laughs> except for Philip Seymour Hoffman being in it. Right. You know? Um, not, I mean, it's it's not, it really isn't that great. Right. <laughs> I, I was really excited to see um, Carrie Russell in that. Mm, right, right, and right. And she, she started the movie off rocking. Like, she's just awesome, kicking ass. He pumps her with adrenaline, and she's just like, you know. Blowing dudes away. <laughs> Need a mag. She doesn't even say needs a mag. She just calls out mag. Mag. You know yeah. what I mean? And he knows exactly what the she fuck knows. Is, right? And, <laughs> and I don't know. It's just, it's, that was really good. And then that's it. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh shit. Uh, and then we get, uh, I don't know. I guess a subpar Philip Seymour Hoffman character really i mean even his performance isn't so bad it's just like the character wasn't really written for him the something. best part of him in that movie is when he's like stalling for time he's actually tom cruise as philip seymour hoffman and he's like stalling for time so he's he's playing tom cruise playing him like stalling for time he's like this with his yeah, yeah like, like, his like hold on in one minute yeah right, right that was the best moment that was the best philip seymour hoffman moment yeah you know it's it's what's <laughs> What's so good about that, I would have to say, and maybe people should reconsider their uh, feelings for this movie, but when I watched that scene, yeah, to me, that's Tom Cruise wearing Philip Seymour Hoffman's mask. <laughs> right, right. So that says a lot about Philip Seymour Hoffman, who is able to convince me that that's not even him. Yeah. That's another actor entirely yeah. playing him when it's not. It's just the character... He ruled, man. He was the best. He was playing a character, <laughs> playing another character, I guess, right? Yeah, and I mean, playing Tom Cruise, that's tough. I yeah. Mean... <laughs> Unless you're Ben Stiller. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, you know, going, we're talking about the series itself. We're talking about uh, each one in the series a little bit. Uh, are there any specific things that you um, thought of from any of these movies that, that were big inspirations? Like, 
for example, number two is when we have the mountain climbing shot, which we tied it right back into that and this newest one. Um, also, another thing from two was I, I, I thought that was kind of, despite it being usually the most universally hated one of the series, um, it's kind of where the series decided it was going to be all about spectacle and like just one-upmanship constantly. And possibly even relying less on cg to mm -hmm. make the stunts look great right and more on practical effects or just a great stunt right and yeah. and i noticed that on rewatch as well but it's i can confirm that mission impossible 2 is the worst mission impossible <laughs> movie i can confirm that yeah with with exception of some of the things some of the elements of mission impossible 1 that are just like cringeworthy like real dated and yeah it's just super dated <laughs> technology and and they're just you know like when they're like we found it on the internet you know and it's like oh the internet yeah <laughs> oh anything's possible on the internet yeah you know like they could get anything they want you know <laughs> and then uh just the idea of him guessing guessing an email Right. You know what I mean? And sending like this top secret email to like an email account. Well, a that a super gets. spy can definitely do that because that's something that can be done. Right. Right. But <laughs> that, that one was cool because it was very, it was very much like a kind of a transitioning from the TV version of mission impossible into a film franchise sure. where the rules kind of are a little bit different. Right. And, and they even did that by sort of passing the torch from, um oh geez, I forget his name, but Peter Graves' character from the show right, right. was um John Voigt's character in the movie. I can't right? remember his name, and, but yeah. <laughs> and and he uh he ended up being the bad guy in the end. Yeah. And it's like, wait, what the fuck? And he hands that off to, you know, a new guy, Ethan yeah. Hunt, who now is like the leader of, you know, his little task force of Mission Impossible force people or buddies whatever. yeah sure his little crew <laughs> anyway yeah. so that part two is probably the worst one because it's just so ridiculous so over the top but we do get way better stunts right we get yeah. right away we get tom cruise actually climbing a fucking mountain that none of us nobody in that theater maybe Maybe one person in that theater, yeah, would be like, I could do that, yeah. But everyone else would be like, "Fuck that," you know. And and it was a real stunt. He really did it. There's also some cool shit in there, like the end. Uh, there's a fight scene where, you know, the guy, uh, the bad guy, what's his name, Doug Doug Roy, Doug Roy Scott, Doug Ray Scott. Is that? Yeah, I think so. Uh, so sounds sounds right. Something something Scott. All right. Uh, actually swings a blade at Tom Cruise's face and the blade comes within like a eighth of an inch of his eyeball. Right. right? And, it, and it's just so like, what, you know, that's how, is that even real? No, that's not real. And I have read that how they played that was they put the actual blade on the end of a cable that could not extend any further than this thing and he had to rehearse over and over and over with the dummy until right and then tom cruise got under there and they rehearsed a little bit with some slower motion and finally like the action scene cut or uh, you know action he swings it Fucking and it's idiot. just like 
almost goes right into Tom Cruise's eye, and it's a real fucking knife. You know what I mean? Like, so real stunts really happened probably yeah. for the first time in two, but everything else about it was just so. I don't know. Something about it, it just didn't feel right. Yeah. As a, as a kind of spy movie. That was also the one with the Limp Biscuit theme song, right? Oh, I think uh, so. I think it was number two. I don't know that it had uh, also co-star Thandy Newton. That's as right. The, as the, uh, I don't know, third character. Thandy Newton, the one character who is not uh, tied into fallout we still don't know what's happening yeah her. we don't know what's up she's with her. she was a thief so she's probably in a jail cell somewhere right but it's possible that one you also saw if you think about that stunt you saw the burj khalifa in four. Oh yeah yeah right the cliff cliff hanging stunt from that he also you know kind of shows his uh ability to climb things again by actually scaling the side of the burj khalifa in part four yeah and that relates to the end of the fallout. end of fallout yeah where he's just like i you know i know how to do this yeah okay <laughs> so you know i can handle any kind of crazy shit yeah. that is gonna go on with me dangling off the side of this fucking cliff yeah right so i i, I kind of like that about it that yeah. was one where it's like oh shit he already did you know where yeah, you look at each almost other almost winking at yeah at the audience and like saying like you know he's gonna be able to get out of this yeah forget this i just can't wait to see how they make it yeah happen right it was pretty violent too he just pulled that thing down on him. that was great <laughs> yeah uh cavill's character john yeah. lark met yeah. his uh met a horrifying end <laughs> tragic tragic end you were just talking about uh ghost protocol another um another thing i had from that one uh specifically uh it was a scene where he, he he's like back up against the wall he's gonna just have to go in with no mask which is something that comes back in Fallout, and I figured that, that was like a, a a scene or or a uh, a situation that he ended up in that they like it was kind of like a callback. Where was that in four where he had to go in and act like he was the broker or whatever yes. the the guy buying the plans? Yeah, and he's like, we just gotta hope that he that they've never met, and I, I think he says like almost the same thing in six. Like, wow, okay, hope they catch. never met. Good yeah. catch. I, I I do recognize the 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 puzzle piece there. I yeah, see that. yeah. Um, there's also, and this was again from two, four and six, which is interesting how that kind of plays itself out. I wonder if there's any sort of, uh, logic to that. Like if there's any reason behind that, right. but the motorcycle chases, right. Oh yeah. 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 Um, they're pretty spectacular in all of them. And I want to say that that was also, uh, Tom Cruise in two, four and six. He's doing it all. Doing it all <laughs> with part six. Actually, I can confirm. This is the one I do remember leaning over to you and saying, you know, all those cars are fucking CG right there. Right. Yeah, I, like yeah. dude, Tom Cruise is just rolling through. The dude is just rolling through on so a motorcycle, sure. like just dodging <laughs> cars <laughs> definitely going fast at least doing 40 yeah right but probably 60 it looked more like 60 and you know that dude is crazy enough to do 60 yeah to make it look right you know uh to make his hair move the the right way or something right and i look over to you and i'm just like yeah okay every one of those fucking cars is cg <laughs> and they weren't 70 stunt drivers on that one fucking crazy yeah i when i, I went and saw it again last that. night i uh i was thinking about that very fact and i was just like jesus christ 
He had to one up the two chase scenes combined right. from two and four. Yeah. <laughs> so. Oh my god, that's freaking nuts. Those ones were those ones are kind of the standouts, right? The stunt homage. Yeah, yeah. And then obviously there there's a lot of one upping where you know that from uh, what was it the I think it was an A four hundred military jet military plane that he hung from the side of in right, the right. fifth movie. Yeah. In uh Rogue Nation. I don't recall how high up it went, but you saw it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you see that shot there. So on the runway that show would be scary. <laughs> yeah, on the runway, exactly. It would be scary. Even though we all know he's cabled on. Yeah. Okay. He is let's not let's not act like dude is just hanging there. But <laughs> I, you know, no stunt man really is. They have to practice safety. They want to save the, you know, they don't want to actually die. Sure. Um, they're not, uh, they need an insurance plan and everything. Yeah. They're not astronauts. You know what I mean? They're not, they're not suicidal. Astronauts. Yeah. Well, astronauts. You kind of have to not give a shit if you die. Right. First man. Just strap good, yourself right? on top of a rocket and <laughs> fly into space. Yeah. Yeah, you have to pretty much not care if you die, knowing that you have a pretty good chance of that happening. Yeah. Having seen maybe some of your good buddies die doing it, you know, like <laughs> you're not really, you're, you know, you. so I don't know that, I don't know that Tom Cruise would necessarily do it if... He re like, you know what I'm saying? Like, sure. He, the strap could come undone and he could fall off the airplane or get sucked into it or something. I don't fucking know, but you know, it's possible. It's possible. He's, he's, his odds are better yeah. of survival than, you know, an astronaut. Yeah. <laughs> first man does look great. Yeah. First man does look great. I, I was skeptical uh until i saw the first trailer yeah and i was like "Ooh, uh, all right i'll yeah. get back into this space race gosling man why not we hate russia again <laughs> yeah. we may as well it's the right time it's, a, it's perfect time <laughs> yeah <laughs> that brings me actually uh who do we hate who do we hate in geopolitics dave <laughs> uh returning this into bird road right no now. That, <laughs> we, we hate the russians again uh i guess we've always kind of hated nazis but uh we used to really hate nazis right, right. and that brings me now to they, now our... they deserve their own opinion and everything yeah exactly <laughs> but uh another puzzle piece and this sure. is an interesting one okay mm -hmm. Uh, it begins with the tale of a man named Lalo Schifrin, mm. an Argentinian Jew born around 1932, who became a composer and composed some of my favorite soundtracks. Uh, you could say Enter the Dragon. If you're familiar with that, he did the whole soundtrack of that one. There's some kind of, there's a scene in there where Bruce... Bruce Lee is uh, creeping through the village, right? Mm. Once he's on the island. Yeah. He's creeping around on the island, and the music is just so like... Yes. And that is very... I don't know. Like It reminds me of some sort of like spy element right, right. and yeah. uh he brings that back he does i guess he does a lot of kind of like spy law enforcement type 
films and soundtrack. He did the Dirty Harry. He did all of the Dirty Harrys, actually. He did every Dirty Harry movie soundtrack. So it's really interesting going all the way back to the 70s Dirty Harrys into the 80s Dirty Harrys, but Lalo Schifrin did those as well. And he's also responsible for the Mission Impossible theme. Right. He did not, however, do the music for these movies, but he did come up with the theme. So anytime you hear the theme like anyone can do it 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 i don't know though every time i hear it it calls me back to those films right um and just the the elements within them right kind of uh just a i guess dirty harry would be i we'll call him confident sure uh him and ethan hunt have similar confidence uh whereas bruce lee and enter the dragon while he's on the island spying uh has kind of the uh just the intensity of ethan hunt yeah i mean it's a combination of intensity uh mystery of uh outsmarting you know your right. opponent like <laughs> exactly yeah he's got all that stuff so would discovery yes there you, you know bruce lee discovers home dude down in the fucking <laughs> i don't want to spoil that one yeah <laughs> i don't want to spoil enter the dragon i haven't seen enter the dragon in like oh, way too long i should watch it um but w so would this puzzle piece be film scored by layla Schifrin? i think so yeah they uh create that feeling i think that uh this character, this series just freaking thrives in, you know, with <laughs> that kind of a, that kind of a feeling. Um, my first other puzzle piece outside of those mission impossible movies we were talking about. Um, and I actually mentioned this to you as we were walking out of the theater, but, uh, the Indiana Jones series, um, especially sure. the main thing that made me think of it were those, uh, uranium balls, which are total, <laughs> total MacGuffins, total, you know, Indiana Jones little like, Shrine or something yeah like a, it's a total total a bust <laughs> yeah, yeah like exactly. a, a bronze bust exactly they were they were really cool design to them too they just had like a real like timeless like i think uh you see those things if you're watching this movie 20 years from now you'd still be like oh that's a cool like thing that he has to get you know but uh but no aside from that though also just in general the uh just the excitement of it and the uh the, the this one is i'd say like it kind of had the most going on and maybe a part of that is due to the runtime because it is almost two and a half hours, but there's just like so many scenes and just so much like adventure, like all around, like, like lots of different locations and all lots of different, um, sets and set pieces. And sure. Yeah. yeah. The cliff I know is in Norway, the whole cliff scene with the helicopter yeah. was in Norway, which the helicopter scene that was insane. <laughs> okay. Like that was from, from the very get go, they're standing up on the hill going, holy shit, dudes over there with the detonator getting in the helicopter. And there's two helicopters there. You're like, what's going to happen here? And yeah. it's kind of unexpected. I mean, maybe I assumed he was going to run and get in a helicopter and take off in it and, right. ch and chase after him. I definitely assumed that there was going to be a chase, but I didn't realize that it was going to be a, I got to run and jump and get grab along the side of this thing. Kind of like the a 400 and rogue nation scene, right? Where he's, yeah. he's running and jumping on the fucking side yeah. of an airplane. I, I think this definitely topped it. <laughs> it did. It I mean, it. it was ridiculous for sure. It topped it. Yeah. And it really like, 
you know, the director was saying, uh, Christopher McQuarrie saying that, um, you know, the audience can tell. And at first when I, when I heard him say that in an interview before this came out, I was like, eh, not really, but you could fucking tell. <laughs> I mean, it was like, it really did create like that, like an almost uneasy feeling of like, you know what's going to happen, but at the same time, you're like, what the fuck is going to happen? Well, oh yeah, because God. you know he's really on that thing. And, and yeah. I'm thinking in real life, I'm thinking, fuck that. But then, you know, obviously, you know, it's Ethan Hunt. Yeah. So he's not going to die. Yeah. He's going to make it up there, do something crazy. And he does, man. I mean, he it's for the for it being a real thing, a real actual thing that a person does. Right. Because yeah. it's not like it's not like in an Avengers movie where most of the heavy crazy action like that is fake yeah it's you know where so much cgi where it's so over the top that you know a character is jumping off of a building or something three stories and they land yeah in full form with their shield in front of them or whatever right? yeah <laughs> and and you know how they do that we all know how they do that it looks great we really love it we enjoy it but it's just it, it's a different feeling when you see a real human being on there actually doing the actual thing that yeah. the character is supposed to be doing, right? It's not even just like camera angles necessarily. I mean, it is too. That plays a big part in why it feels so cool. But sure, it's actually the dude doing it, like the Halo jump at the beginning. Yeah, was all it was. Uh, they had to do so many takes. I read that they got one take a day at that because they needed the light to be exactly the way it was <laughs> in every shot. And they needed to get the shot at dawn. Right. Right. Or I think it was at dusk. I don't remember. No. Yeah. They roll in at night. It was a night. Was the lightning right? storm happening? Yeah. So, so, uh, you know, they had to go in right as the sun was going down. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and, uh, it was dark, but not that dark. And it was real lighting. And they lit the insides of the mask. Anyway, all that was real. They had to do it so many times to get the right shots. But it was real. He's really falling yeah. 25,000 feet by himself. You know? Yeah. There's not like a dude strapped to him. There's not a green screen beneath him. And he's in like a wind turbine or something. Like, yeah. he's really falling 25,000 feet for the shot. Right, and that, and that's the, that's like the same a similar feeling at the end where he's really hanging from the end of the helicopter. Yeah, you 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 know he's two thousand feet in the air on that bundle of fucking clothes or whatever that was. You guys are freaking mean. <laughs> what do you think? Man. Let me ask you this: what what was in the payload? You know, that's a good question. What um, was that payload? <laughs> was that like doctor smocks? So. I think that's what that was. It was like dirty laundry. <laughs> yeah, they're like, ah, well, one of them's dirty laundry. The other one's a terrorist with a fucking detonator. Like, <laughs> wait a minute, what? That's actually a really good point because when I, I hadn't really considered what it was, and I think this whole time I just thought it was a big-ass rock. A big but, rock. <laughs> it definitely <laughs> looks heavy, whatever it is, right? And it's heavy enough to not like really sway when Tom Cruise bounces off of it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh that whole thing was great he climbs up into the helicopter and i gotta say this one is and it's another uh puzzle piece actually okay. you guys talked about this on your last episode uncharted you actually compared the new uncharted um short yeah what fan film to the mission impossible series and one of your puzzle pieces so i would say I don't know. I, I definitely see Uncharted in these films. I see it in yeah. 
not just kind of the the suave character or whatever because they are kind of different characters but um in the stunts really and the action sequences especially especially the helicopter stuff in this one like how they pulled off like the the seat belt with the rest of the chassis or yeah. the rest of the body of the helicopter falling around them while they're holding on to another one Great or, scene, or how, how they're just like in it and they're really in it, you know, or, or even starting at the beginning, you're starting all the way at the, the payload scene yeah, and the cable and climbing in, having to punch a couple of like dudes out, and then take it over. Yeah. And a lot of that is actually stuff that you do in Uncharted. It's not just um what were you calling them? Not like a cutscene. The quick time one. events. The quick time event. Yeah. They're not necessarily <laughs> like that, but you, you are right that sometimes it's just a button push yeah. or something or push it's left. pretty seamlessly jumps between them in those. It games. really feels like you're playing it though. Yeah. You know? And um I, I wanna say there was at least one helicopter situation. Yeah, Uncharted Four had a helicopter scene where you climb up the rope, right, right, right. Because that's the one where they introduced the rope. So you climb up the rope in Uncharted Four into a helicopter, yeah, and you kind of take over and and it crashes. But they also both have a really good sense of style. Uh, Nathan Drake and uh, Tom Cruise, uh, Ethan Hunt. Ethan Hunt. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah, they're both really cool looking dudes. Nathan Drake is closer to. Indiana Jones than Ethan Hunt, though, I would say. Yeah. Ethan Hunt's always rocking some kind of tech, where <laughs> Nathan Drake is almost never rocking tech. You know, he's like, <laughs> the, the most tech you see is a, like him taking pictures of a cell phone and like texting it to his, <laughs> you know, yeah. one of the NPCs. But well, uh, who's, who's better than uh, Sully or Ving Rames? Man, I gotta take Ving Rhames. Well, yeah, yeah, I'm a Luther fan all the way, honestly. Like, when I see Luther, I'm like, fuck yeah, Luther, you know. And, and I seriously, I it's kind of upsetting that he didn't play a big role in gosh, was it two or three? He was just like not even in. No, no, no. It was uh, it was four. It was Ghost Protocol. He was like barely in that shit. Yeah, that was the one that he was the least in. Yeah, you're right. He, there was, was the one where he's just like at the table at the end, and he's right. like, I approve of this message or some shit. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. Why was he really not in that movie, right? And, I don't know. And um, I didn't look into that. No. I should have looked into that. I'm not so, sure. So I could have asked a question like I didn't know and then answered it. Well, actually, Dave. Yeah, well, I, I got this right here. <laughs> oh, man. Well, um, my next puzzle piece is uh, actually one I've heard other people say as well. So I guess cheating a little bit, but I, I it was something I had thought of myself as well. But, you Googled um, it? Yeah, I Googled puzzle pieces. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, it's The Dark Knight, um, which. I'm not the biggest Dark Knight fan, but I think the theme that seems to run through this movie, um, you know, it's kind of, it's Ethan having to like choose between one person or many, you know, which was like one of the main themes, I think, with the Dark Knight. Okay. I see what you're saying. Um, yeah, I don't know about all that. (laughs) I mean, I I see that compared, I see that how that, not even a comparison. I mean, I see how that happened in both. Mm Mm-hmm exactly how you just said but uh 
I don't know. I didn't really see Mission Impossible anyway. Who it really came down to. I mean, I guess he had to kind of choose often throughout that movie, right? He had to choose the girl. And which right? one? Like him in in part six in oh, uh, Fallout. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He he has all sorts of choices like that. Yeah. Um, and they almost foreshadow that in the beginning. They foreshadow a lot of things in this movie, actually, which is kind of interesting. Uh, that, uh more things I picked up watching it a second time. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I guess they they kind of foreshadow that he's going to have to make that choice in the mm-hmm. very beginning when Alec Baldwin's talking to him. He's like, you know, cause if you remember in rogue nation, he, he was CIA. He didn't fucking like Ethan hunt. Right. Right. Yeah. And in this one, he's magically, this is why I switched over, you know, a lot of expository uh, dialogue yeah. in his character in the very beginning. But he's like, this is why I switched over because you're, you're a stand up guy. And I know that you're, you'll, you're just crazy enough or whatever to fucking decide to save one person that you care about instead of, Right. Millions of people, and uh, I don't know why, but I like that. Yeah, and it's just like, oh. <laughs> that's my kind of All shit, right. man. All right, so <laughs> he's almost telling you that, yeah, he's gonna have to do this later in the film, right. and he has to do it a couple of times, right? He yeah, he does do it with it. that that female cop. He does it with the other cops as well, you know. And he also, well, he does it with the other cop in a imaginary sequence, right? Right, then, but I mean, then yeah. he does it with the actual cop in the actual sequence, and then uh, you know, he has to do it with. Uh, Vanessa Ferguson, oh God, Rebecca Ferguson's character, right? Um, whose name escapes me? Izzy or Isla Illy? or something? Yeah, 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 yeah. some of them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So her character, which I don't know, I I really wasn't feeling the romantic connection in the in Rogue Nation, so I don't know why they like pivoted from his wife to her in right. this one. Uh, what? I don't know if it's because they're like, wait, they look identical. Kids won't, you know, pe- <laughs> people watching this, watching part seven and eight, they'll yeah. have no fucking idea that it's a different person. <laughs> uh, I don't know. That's the only thing I can think of. But uh, <laughs> no, she, he had to do it with her kind of in two scenes. He had to tell her, you know, and he and then he had to show her by rolling over her on her motorcycle with the car, right? Sure. With the BMW. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Mission Impossible Fallout brought to you by BMW. <laughs> yeah, there are definitely a lot of BMWs. Every in car, this movie. every motorcycle, every fucking truck was a BMW. Let's not yeah. let's not pull any punches. <laughs> okay, so he had to choose with her. Then he had to choose with Alec Baldwin in a way. When it's like I'm going to stay here and save your life. So there was that other, there was, you know, another choice and it's kind of, I mean, it's maybe that's actually a little cheesy thinking back that (laughs) Alec Baldwin foreshadowed his own death. Did I just use the dark night to make you lower your opinion in this? I know. I know. Well, you know, I, (laughs) I, I'm, I'm trying to get away from the dark night because Mm -hmm. I fully agree with you. If I were to rate the Nolan, batmans that would be my least favorite of them really yeah and and not for not because it's a terrible movie or anything but it's my least favorite of the three i'd put it right in the middle i put them like in order first to last but really yeah but interesting yeah i still i just don't think it's the movie people make it out to be um (laughs) so uh do you have another puzzle piece uh no no i i I tried to make connections that, but you know, I knew some would be obvious. You already made it. Indiana Jones is pretty obvious. Yeah. To me, it is, which is 
it's obvious also because i mean even indiana jones himself was based on james bond right right who ethan hunt is the american james bond i really. made a i made a point not to make james bond one because it's like it's right. just so obvious you know what i mean That's at least a, there's same. a little bit of a something with indiana jones but yeah bond is just like i mean of course it's bond i know? have one actually okay. um and this is another this is another uh this is a trifecta mm-hmm. because the game really it's really influenced by this sort of format, right? The, the mission impossible format, the impossible feat idea in, you know, kind of black ops or whatever, like, you know, hidden secret government shit, right? Uh, Some fantastical shit that is just kind of so unreal splinter cell, the video game series, right? Where I never followed those basically invisible, which is the most ridiculous thing ever. If you think you're like a dude who wears all black, who's capable of just standing in the shadows and being so quiet that nobody ever sees him as long as he's in the shadow. You know what I mean? So it's kind of uh, fantastical, but um, the splinter cell series, I think it was. I'm probably wrong, but I played most of them. I think it was Pandora Tomorrow. Anyway, Lalo Schifrin did the soundtrack. For oh, show. really? Yeah. There <laughs> so we like, go. Tie it all in. <laughs> so, so yeah, Schifrin did. Um, I didn't know he had done any games. Yeah, he did. He did whatever they did for one of the Splinter Cell games, right? Huh. And uh, that totally connects because. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of similar things. First of all, you can kill people. I guess Ethan Hunt kills people, but you can kill people in Splinter Cell. But the idea is that your character is just like not a murderer. You know, yeah. he's not a fucking murderer. He just like <laughs> will kill you if you're shooting at him. You know, or supposed to be right. right and and right. that's kind of your choice. But you know, he's a stealth dude who yeah. who um, maybe a little hitman to. Yeah in in the disguise arena because in hitman it relies a lot on you know trying to remain stealth right only kill your targets and get into places by dressing as like the security guard or yeah a clown (laughs) right it depends right it depends on the mission but yeah i mean that's kind of you know i mean i guess you know we said uncharted so i'm I'm thinking video games at this point. Right, yeah. Splinter Cell for sure. <laughs> and the uh, Psy Ops, right? Well, you know, it's funny, Back going back to what you were saying about the stealth and, like, not actually killing people, it's funny. One of the things I had written down, actually, was um, in the first Mission Impossible, there's a line where he says, he, like, stops him and he says, remember, this is going to be zero body count. And I was just laughing about how that like went completely out the window by Mission Impossible Two, right? And it's just nonstop killing people for the last uh, five movies, <laughs> you know? Oh, where where it was like a sin to kill someone on a mission. Apparently, and he, like, yeah. He's he grabs a dude by the blade. Yeah, it's uh oh, geez, what's that guy's name from the Professional? Oh, uh, John Reno or something. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. That's yeah, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he kind of ends up being on the bad side in yeah. the end. <laughs> no bodies. No bodies. I do remember that. Yeah. <laughs> I do remember that. He started waxing people in Mission Impossible 2. Yeah. By starting yeah. with two, he was shooting everyone in sight. <laughs> well, that one was uh, John Woo. Right? right. Yeah. That one was an action film. Yeah. Right? The first one was kind of uh, 
I don't know, like a, a it's just straight up spy movie. Yeah, really. it's a spy movie, yeah. spy tech. Yeah, like straight up like spy and like not specifically action, but like right spy spy. In fact, know? some of the action sequences in that were of the worst because I know. Okay, one of the cool ones is cool, but it's probably the his Tom Cruise's weakest stunt mm-hmm. in Mission Impossible One, where the was it a fish tank? A giant fish tank explodes. Right, right, yeah. And uh, yeah, he throws the bubble gum, the black and green or the black and red bubble gum on the fish tank. Yeah. And first of all, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, did he just kill all those fish? <laughs> did, I'm Body assume, count started he, at number yeah, one, apparently. He did he did start off in life. <laughs> right. So but from there, like, what's the next big sequence? He's on the back of a f- speed train, right? Yeah. A fast-moving train. Okay, that's very Indiana Jones. Mm. Uh, any kind. I mean, they even did that in Solo, right? Repeated the whole train top. Yeah, it's true. Thing. But this one was crazy because it was on the top. And I want to say that was a... Obviously, it wasn't a real train, right? That was like a wind tunnel situation i don't know about the train i'm imagining not but the helicopter looked fake as hell i mean we're talking about a 1996 movie of course but or was it was it 95 i I think it was 96 the helicopter they used was the actual prop in universal studios (laughs) that like falls behind the building you know that's the one they used in mission impossible six Six. feet towards you by the uh by the I don't know. I guess what is it? A billion dollar series at this point? You Probably think it's made a billion dollars by now. I would hope so. Although I was reading that this movie, like opening weekends, it, it did great. It was his second biggest opening of any Tom Cruise movie, the biggest for Mission Impossible. But it wasn't even as big as Ant Man and the Wasp, as far as an opening weekend goes. So I mean, Tom Cruise. I mean, he's a fucking it didn't movie make star. As much money as you're saying? Yeah, an opening Ant-Man weekend. Ant Man and the Wasp. Yeah. I think it was like 67 versus 71 or something like that, a million uh, for opening weekend. I don't even know if that's bad. How much was the movie? Um, Do you know how much the movie cost to make? I forget, but I think it's doing, like, it's doing great, though. I mean, if they want to make another sequel, it's, they're going to, you know. Budget 178 mil. Okay, I was going to guess 150. Box office 200 so far. Damn, that's good. That is good. I I mean, it's only been out a week, right? That's good. I don't even know if it's open in all the uh, foreign um, markets. And actually, you know what? That, oh, that, that's a, not a two hundred. Yeah, I mean that's that's doing good, I think. But that, that's actually a good um, uh, segue to my. I I have one more puzzle piece, um, which I don't want to bring this movie down at all with this um, because I I loved it. We'll get into how much we liked it in a minute. But um, the Fast and the Furious series. Um, I think that they're starting to creep into all action movies, regardless of how awful they are. And um, yeah, I think I, I think Tom Cruise is a smart dude and is making movies for an international market the way uh, Vin Diesel and company constantly do. Okay, I can see that. Yeah, I I have to admit that. I only saw the first Fast and Furious movie. Oh, I've so you, never seen any of the other you ones. You don't even know what it's become. It's nothing it's not I, the I, same movie anymore. Well, I know <laughs> that it well, I know that, but I know I also know that it has like this crazy following enough to where movie stars can beef with each other <laughs> on Entertainment Weekly or whatever. You know, yeah. like they could beef with each other on Twitter and <laughs> it's a thing like, wait, what? Yeah. 
are, you're an actor, right? Are you acting right now, dude? Is this your yeah. Andy Kaufman moment yeah. or something? <laughs> like, what the hell is this millionaire actor doing? Like, yeah. having a beef over <laughs> another so millionaire actor stupid. over a crew that exists in an imaginary <laughs> fucking universe in a film, right? That somehow kind of is also a family. In in real life, of, yeah. you know, comprised of the fans or composed of the fans, right? Like I said, I I didn't want to drag Mission Impossible down, but you know, it's like it it really is like. Would you say Mission Impossible has a family type following like that? Uh, I don't think so. Unless you consider so. us, I I think you and I are the, probably the biggest fans <laughs> I know of the series, and I mean, I'm not that big of a fan right. i will go see all of them in the theater sure imax even yeah for sure and uh sometimes twice but i'm not like I'm, I'm definitely more of a fan of star wars or whatever than that right and, right um you know i don't i don't have any star wars i guess i have obi-wan up on the <laughs> pre up there but we are in uh, BG's studio by the way for everyone listening this is the first time i've ever recorded an episode outside of my uh, home studio I I I kind of thought of another puzzle piece. All it's right. a very minor one. That's fine. It's actually more just like a a memory than anything. Okay. But uh, Lee Majors in The Fall Guy, not even the show The Fall Guy, but the opening sequence of the show The Fall Guy, just kind of reminds me because it's a real dude doing that shit. It kind of reminds me of. You know, Tom Cruise really doing the stunts. I don't know if I've ever actually movies. seen that. The the show The Fall Guy? Yeah, I don't know if I've ever watched it. It was... When was that on? Like in the... I would say early, mid-80s. Right. And maybe had like a four-season run or something, and then it was syndicated for... Until at least the mid-90s. Yeah. You know, on TV, it just kept playing over and over. And, and you get a couple seasons, you know. Uh, maybe a couple of character changes throughout but it was basically lee majors and a dude and a chick really <laughs> yeah you know yeah he, he had like the cool young guy and the cool hot girl and yeah they were just he was a stuntman who got entangled in real life shit that he <laughs> used his stunt ability to get himself out of you know sure and then he had the he had that huge truck, this huge brown truck. I don't know what it was, a Chevy or a GMC or some shit. But, you know, that was like the, and that was kind of like the Millennium Falcon of the show. Gotcha. It yeah. was the, the, the secondary character where it was just like, <laughs> what is the, their vessel? <laughs> what is it going to get at? And that was, that was during Bigfoot mania too. Yeah. This truck, the brown truck was raised. It was big. It was like a, at least it was to me when I was a kid. Yeah. It's a stunt truck <laughs> that can just go, it can just, you know, just hit gainers that, you know, are buried or hidden behind bushes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just like magically jump over shit. Like, oh, hey, a truck that, you know, 3,500 pound truck just jumping over shit. So ridiculous. Um, <laughs> Tell me that's not Mission Impossible. Though. That sounds Mission Impossible to me. Dude. Ridiculous. Like, what? <laughs> So uh, I think that brings us to the finished puzzle here. Uh, where I'm going to just list down all the uh, movies that we talked about. Of course, the first five Mission Impossible movies. Name them. Mission Impossible 1, Mission Impossible 2, Mission Impossible 3, 
uh, Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol, Mission Impossible Rogue Nation, yes. and now Mission Impossible Fallout's a new one, right. but you can't be inspired by yourself, I don't think. Um, so, yeah, we got the first five. Then we got uh, the Indiana Jones series. We've got films scored by Lalo Schifrin. We've got Uncharted and Splinter Cell. We've got The Dark Knight, Fast and the Furious, Hitman. and... Oh yeah, Hitman as well. The game series, not the film series. Right. Uh, did Did you even see the film? I don't think anybody saw that movie. I don't even um, know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, Lee Major in The Fall Guy. Lee Major, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Lee Majors. Yeah, Lee Majors. <laughs> Lee Majors in The Fall Guy. Look yes. up the soundtrack. Yeah? Yeah. You know, it's, the soundtrack's pretty, pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's a good list, I think. So, uh, you know, we, we've, you know, talked about it this whole time, but I mean, I love this movie. You loved it too, huh? I, I did. I, um, I enjoyed seeing it a second time. Maybe not as much, but I enjoyed, well, I, I, like I mentioned before, I enjoyed some of the foreshadowing mm -hmm. on the second viewing. Yeah. Like there's a scene in, Right before they do the halo jump, they're in the back of the plane having a chit chat about the plan. What's going down, you know? And and uh, he's like, how are you going to get in there dressed like the main guy that they're looking for in act one, Lark? Yeah. And uh, he pulls out his, you know, briefcase where he makes the masks. Yeah, I did notice it and too on my he second time. He scans Cavill, Henry Cavill's face real quick right with the with the scanner and his face starts materializing on the computer screen as he's explaining the plot and then he's like well then blah blah blah. then we go and grab lark yeah and he points to the screen right and it's henry cavill's face yeah he's like screen. pointing right at his face and henry henry cavill of course ends up being it's revealed that he's lark yeah uh so i hope that sort of reveal, which was obvious to me, honestly, it was on, obvious to me right away. I feel like they gave it away almost at the beginning of the film. That he was Lark? That he was Lark. Yeah. Well, like right? I said, that, in the trailer, they made it look like he was the bad guy. So I did feel that way after yeah. watching the trailer. I felt that he wasn't, maybe not the bad guy, but he was like going to be the guy that's the good guy, he's going to be the Colin Farrell in Minority Report. <laughs> he's going to be like the good guy that's just trying to do right and just doesn't trust this dude and then ends up trusting him or whatever, right? Right, right. Uh, I didn't realize that the the trailer was kind of pointing to him ending up being the bad guy, right? Yeah. And um, yeah, I there was also the... some ambiguity there. Was he the bad guy or was the original bad guy from Rogue Nation mm -hmm. the actual bad guy? Who was following whom, right? Uh, I think I want to say Lark, Henry Cavill, was supposed to be following the guy from Rogue Nation. The yeah. bad guy that they, you know, recaptured or whatever. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, Great suffering. He's <laughs> <laughs> also from one of the best movies ever made, Prometheus. He was, yes. in, he was in Prometheus. <laughs> Which, by the way, I didn't know until this morning. I really? happened to catch that. Yeah, I remember him from that the most. Wow. Yeah, for sure. Like his, his character in that. He was like, I want to say he was the first dude to die. In, in, right. I in, think so. Was he the map maker? 
Um, so that was the first I one think to die. So, yeah. yeah. I think so, yeah. The guy that threw the ball up in the yeah. air. Yeah, he was that dude. Yeah. Um, for sure. He was that guy. <laughs> he ended up turning into, I don't know if it's a deleted scene or what, but kind of a almost yeah. version of the Xenomorph. Yeah, that was a deleted scene. I remember that. That was cool. <laughs> but uh, yeah, what was his name? Is, is it Sean Harris? Am I tripping? Uh, Sean Harris. Yes. Sean Harris. Okay, so Sean Harris's character was the bad guy in Rogue Nation, the big bad. And in this one, he's kind of the bad guy that's been captured. Yeah. And he's kind of in handcuffs through the whole movie. And Henry Cavill ends up being the other bad guy that you think is, you know, already dead. And Tom Cruise is, is pretending to be throughout, you know, yeah. half of the film. We've seen him do it so many times that now it's just like, oh, okay. Uh, now do something weird or something it's crazy there, right? Yeah, the seventh one is going to be tough. I mean, he's worn out helicopters and airplanes. I mean, what's he going to do, you know? He's the, uh, motorcycles, too. There's There was something else I caught, too, that was funny about a helicopter, actually. On the helicopter that Cavill, when it's kind of revealed that he's Lark, mm-hmm. he escapes, uh-huh. right? Gets away, and uh, a chase, you know, ensues, and... Tom Cruise ends up meeting up to him just too late, and he gets a, he gets away in a helicopter on a rooftop. Yeah, the side of the helicopter, the letters on the side were G D E U P. Giddy up, giddy up. And I thought that I I don't know. I noticed that on my second viewing, I thought that was kind of funny. Giddy up, that's awesome. And he escapes on. Do you, on his do you think in the world of Mission Impossible Fallout? Do you think that's his helicopter? Do you think he he wrote that on there? Do you think he it was his idea to have that? Tom Cruise or Henry Cavill? Henry Cavill. Um, John Lark. No, I would say that was definitely that was just some cool dude's helicopter that was an art department. <laughs> okay. That was an art department decision. Somebody in the art department slipped that in. The director had no idea. It just looks really official. Well, you know, the, I, I meant the camera the operator might have seen it and went, you fucking sly bastard. But <laughs> nobody pointed that out until this very moment, actually. That's In fact, true. nobody even knows. Only the art department knows. They're still giggling about it every time they watch it. And uh, I'm sure, like, at the premiere, the director was like, wait a minute. GDE. Oh, the, what the fuck? God, can we CG that shit? <laughs> Pull all the prints. That, that's when they call Cavill and they're like, oh, um, you, do you mind if we CG your mustache and the letters? Where do you uh where do you place this one in your uh like overall ranking, not just on specific scenes or anything? It, it, that's interesting because having not gone back and watched one through five yet mm-hmm. again, um, in a marathon five was my favorite. Really? And five remained my favorite until I went back and watched them again. Mm-hmm. And then, like I said, I think I started like rating it based on the different action sequences rather than the overall story and everything combined per film. So I would say like I, I liked this one for the the action sequences. I loved the action sequences, notably the helicopter situation in the end where yeah. it was I just felt like I was watching a really cool uncharted right um, right a, an uncharted that I would way rather watch than the 
fan film short. Sure, okay? sure. And just because, you know, obviously big budget. Yeah, I mean, you um, can't beat the shit that they were doing in this movie. Right. It's so out of the, control. The, the helicopter sequence was straight out of Uncharted. It was incredible. So probably, probably six, probably Fallout. Then Ghost Protocol. Yeah. Then Rogue Nation. Then three, one, two. Yeah. That's how I would go. Cause I really, I did like three. Um, it was way better than two. And one is just, it's classic. It's cool. It has one of the coolest action sequences, the whole like hang, dangling from sure. the rope, which has become just a thing that is in a hundred movies. Now. I mean, hell, they did it in four, didn't they? They were like redid it with Jeremy Renner, I think. They, <laughs> like kind of, you know, with the they, magnet suit. I think they redid it with Tom Cruise. Yeah, maybe with him too. Tom Cruise redid that in another one, but it was yeah. a little bit different. It's funny, this series, like how you don't quite remember everything unless you like just watched it. Like, yeah, you know, the, these scenes are so awesome as they're happening, but then you kind of do like forget a well, lot of these scenes. I think, uh, I think your guest TJ mentioned how how he's not really like keeping up with the plot of Uncharted. Yeah, yeah. But you're able to somehow know what the fuck is going on when yeah. like your hands hit the tr you know the buttons and the joystick, yeah. right? Like you you just like, "Oh yeah, I know what's happening here. There's guys shooting from over there. I have to shoot at them." And it doesn't matter. Yeah. And, and it's Mission Impossible is very much like that. It's fun. where it's it's only easy to forget in that it's fun again when you watch it two yeah. years later and you're like, yeah. Oh shit. You know? And so that's cool. I think that's really cool because it is interesting stuff. It's just, some of it is just kind of going by at like breakneck speed. you know, you're just, uh, yeah, it is. It's, it's you insane. know, I, I mean, if, if, if you're just watching casually, you're not really yeah. like absorbing all of that shit. Definitely when you're in the theater on the first viewing, you're also not really absorbing that. You're just like, it's one action sequence to the next. You know, I bet nobody knew where they were Halo jumping into. Yeah. Right. Nobody had any fucking clue what city that was. They had no <laughs> idea where they were actually jumping. And um, it actually wasn't Paris. I don't remember what it was. In the movie, it is. Is it? Yeah, but it's it wasn't in real life. I read that it was. That's right. It was Paris. over some desert or something where they could just continuously fall and you know you sure. not have to worry about landing in the park or whatever, right? Yeah. Um. So yeah, it was it was over a desert and they put Paris in there by Halo jumping. Yeah. Into Paris with the cameras or whatever, right? Yeah. Um. So Paris at the bottom, I think, was fake. But the fall, yeah, the going through the sky, twenty five thousand miles up in the, up in the air, is, yeah. is all real. All of that shit is. Yeah, real. I saw something. They had to like build a special visor so you could still tell it was him. Yeah, you could see their faces in the masks, yeah. so you know it's actually them. <laughs> even though even that could be fake, but sure? we know it's not. Yeah. You know, they built those masks to show yeah. you that it's not fake. It's Tom Cruise, right? It's fucking Tom Cruise. <laughs> I, I'm wondering if that was Cavill doing all the other things. Probably not. I mean, they probably just filmed as right. few little shots as they needed of him, like, you know. Yeah, I mean, that's it, definitely, it's not Cavill on the side of the cliff then. Yeah. It's not Cavill hanging from a helicopter at an actual 2,000 feet in the air, yeah. probably. 
uh, you know what I mean? Hanging out the side with a fucking Tommy gun. <laughs> that big ass gun. Or, yeah, I don't know what it is. I, I, I sound like an idiot now, but I don't know what kind of gun that was. But, you know, it had like a, a huge magazine and like a, I don't know, like a cloth, <laughs> ma- a cloth bagged magazine. Oh, that's an interesting looking situation. It was awesome. That's, what that's it was. probably so it doesn't freeze in the Kashmir region of yeah. India. Mm-hmm. You got to be careful about your gun uh, yeah. management. Maybe it was made out of cashmere. Now that I think about it. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I, 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 this one actually is probably my second favorite. I'm not quite sure where I'd rank the others, right. though, because I, I, I got to go back and watch them. I only rewatched one and then half of four the other day after I got out of the theater. That's that's fair. Yeah. You don't really need to see three again, although you were right. The the I love that whole part where he's getting Philip Seymour Hoffman where they're capturing. Yeah, I'd but, like to uh, at least watch that scene again because it's been I I only saw it in the theater and I I think that was at like the height of my polar bear MCs days, so I think I was pretty drunk. It was a while ago, wasn't yeah. it? Okay, wait. So you liked I like four the best. I you think like part four. You like Ghost Protocol. I think six is Fallout. probably my second favorite. Rogue and Nation. then and then Rogue Nation. What about one through three? You don't recall? Not an. I'd probably put one as the the fourth my fourth pick, and then I'm not quite sure about two and three. But do you think that there's a possibility that there will ever be another Ethan Hunt? I mean, at this point in this series, it would have to be someone crazy enough to be doing those stunts, like. You know, sure. Because other, otherwise, you're killing the series. Like, what's the point? Like, why not just make it a new born or something? You'd have to find somebody, another Tom Cruise, who'd yeah. be down to someone who's charismatic and you know looks good. And so, and, would you say that that's what, that's what makes these movies continuously watchable? Is that Tom Cruise is actually doing the stunts in them? I'd say so. Because I mean, otherwise, I mean, you know, the, the stories are great, you know, but they're not much. Other than what's in the Bourne movies or, or, you know, the Bond movies or any of that. Okay. Yeah. Sure. We're in agreement. I think, um, I do agree also that you would have to get quite the stunt man. Yeah. To pull off another Ethan Hunt. Yeah. And, uh, I would, I would go as far as to say that if you were to expand the series without somebody you know that crazy yeah i guess you would have to pivot to a new character you would have to make it somebody who's that's not really part of their personality even though we kind of see the leaders of all of the the mission impossible crews have to kind of be a little nuts like that like um josh holloway sawyer from lost oh yeah yeah in your favorite one briefly yeah. As the Ethan Hunt of his crew. Right, right. Who runs and jumps off of a building and throws a fucking capsule at the ground and it expands in a yeah. second into like a a Cali King size air <laughs> mattress. It takes me forever to blow up my air mattress. Right. Oh, that would be nice. <laughs> so so it's like, wait, what what did he just throw at the ground? And nothing, he threw nothing at the ground and it just turned into a fucking yeah. Cali King size air mattress. So, I mean, that maybe even if Josh Holloway didn't really jump off of a building or whatever, it still shows that the the character, mm-hmm. the lead character of the Mission Impossible Force crew yeah. has to 
be crazy. It has right. to be crazy enough to jump off of a building. My worry would be if we rely with, on that. Yeah. Without, without the real stunts, my worry is that it would turn into Fast and the Furious. What, what Fast and the Furious has become, which you haven't which seen. Which is what? CG cars or something? Is it it's, all fake cars? It's not even about cars anymore. They're basically really? just super spy, like, like wait what <laughs> yeah, seriously like there's usually some kind of car stunt but they're basically jumping out of airplanes and have they have to rob a piece of equipment from some you know it's airtight security it's, so it's triple x now yeah they are literally triple x mission impossible but with a bunch of you know that's odd idiotic i didn't know that i i remember so, something something about the first one the Paul Walker character was a cop, right? Right. But he was it's, like vice, like yeah. investigating fucking. It's so far removed from that. car thievery <laughs> and shit. He's like, right? Wasn't he like yeah. investigating car theft? Yeah. Or something. It was caught like up really in the basic. World. It was really simple. Yeah. And he gets caught up in the life with the family. Yeah. With the family. Forms his family. <laughs> and then. I don't know what happens next. The movies are so fucking ridiculous. I, I know he's in like three or four of them, right? How uh, many is he in? What was the one that he was making with them where he died? I don't know because, I, oh, that yeah, that was the sixth maybe? I don't know because I stopped watching them because they're terrible. You stopped uh, watching them? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I watched the first one. Second one was terrible. Didn't watch any more until they got funny. Until Be The Rock got in it. Yeah, that's Admit when they- it. You started watching it because The Rock was when, in it. When The Rock got in it, yeah. But no, that's around the same time when they went so over the top that they're just like, you know, funny watches, you know, like just so bad they're good. And uh, that's the only reason I watch them now. But yeah, they're like basically giant spy thrillers. Like they're that's all weird. superheroes. What's basically. that? So who is the spy? Who works for the government in this scenario? Um, I think it's... Uh, I think it's... Are they like industrial spies? Are they spying for fucking like, corporations? In the last one... Um, this like crazy terrorist person gets a hold of uh, uh, Vin Diesel's daughter or something like that, and so he's he's basically being blackmailed into breaking into some ultra high high whatever you know, high him? security. What's yeah, the, the deal with him? Because he he's the a bad, car fast? He, he's the baddest dude around. You know, it's so weird. <laughs> it, the movies are that's insane. the premise. Yeah, it, it really it, is. It, it really is triple X. Like... They're like the same movies. Yeah. Like it's so stupid. <laughs> okay, so they're not even about driving. Yeah, there's usually a couple of big car stunts, like they drive a car out of a window or something, or they drive yeah, but a it's car not street up a ramp. racing. But it's, it's not, not street racing. It's not at Tokyo all drifting. It's no, not not at all. Anymore. Anything that oh, no. weird. Yeah, that's and really it, weird. I didn't know that. Now they're doing the spinoff with uh, what Jason Statham in The Rock. Uh, so I think that's probably a good place to wrap it. <laughs> do you uh you got any plugs you want to do or anything before we uh get going um i don't have any plugs what what kind of plugs do should i have i don't know I, i'm going uh, on black camaro or anything i'm currently submitting resumes for employment there and, you go. Uh, what's going on with black camaro yeah are we do are we having a black camaro talk i don't right know now? did you <laughs> push me <down? laughs> no is that what's going on right now <laughs> uh another way i mean you know we're wrapping up our shit we're wrapping up a new album beautiful. it's gonna be great yeah mm -hmm. beautiful yeah how's 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 life life is okay yeah life is good yeah life is uh you know i'm living one day at a time good <laughs> It's the only way to do it, brother. Yeah, for sure. <laughs>
do you like listening to movie trailer reviews? And do you love listening to guys talking about movies? Then Loving My Flicks is the podcast for you. With Greg, Stephen, and Aaron, they talk movies, eat movies, dream movies, and everything they are is about the movies. This is an experience not to be missed, so prepare to tingle all over your body during the Loving My Flicks podcast. Prepare to tingle all over your body. That is some great ad copy for a movie review podcast. Um, that's pretty awesome. I'm looking forward to uh, listening to Loving My Flicks podcast. I got a few episodes downloaded already. I'm going to be checking it out this week. I just uh, was talking to those guys in a group on Facebook. And uh, which, speaking of which, you should be joined in our Facebook group, Piecing It Together, a movie discussion group, where we talk about all kinds of movies. We talk about all the new movie trailers. We talk about these episodes of Piecing It Together. You should be in that group. You should also follow Piecing It Together on social media. You can find us at PiecingPod on all the different social media sites. Make sure you check out our website, PiecingPod.com. And I hope you liked today's episode uh, with first-time co-host Brian Garth. Uh, I think it was a really fun talk and such a good movie. Um, one of my favorite movies this year. Definitely the best like blockbuster-type movie of the summer. Uh, Tom Cruise is a freaking maniac. Um, but I guess that'll do it for today's show. We got a, uh, couple episodes that we're planning on recording in the next like three days here. So there should be no shortage of new episodes coming up in the next uh, week or two. And thank you all for listening. You know, actually, speaking of which, we had a really big surge of downloads in the past week. So I'm not sure who's out there, but whoever's listening, I thank you and make sure to uh, leave us a review. Leave me some feedback. Uh, you can tweet at me. You can email me, whatever. I, I want to hear how you're liking the show. I want to know uh, what we could do to continue making it something you want to listen to. Um, but with that said, I'm going to leave you guys. Uh, I just want to one quick reminder that my new virtual reality music video palindrome 360 is out now on youtube it's going to be hitting more vr apps really soon and uh, i'm also going to be a guest on a bunch of podcasts including a couple of virtual reality podcasts that should be fun uh, but i will be posting notes about that on social media so you guys will be able to check it all out so with that i'm going to leave you with the piece of music uh, what should i leave you guys with how about the new world from my free album further into the dark that came out in what was that 2014 something like that let's uh leave you with that and if you want to download this album you could get it on my bandcamp profile davidrosen.bandcamp.com
and all points west.